<laughs> Hello everyone, it's That's What She Said. Georgie Parker here. Join me as always is Ashley Noguns Nelson and Melissa Bubbs Barbieri. And Ashley, you have got Ashley, firstly, I don't know when I've ever called you that. <laughs> Secondly, that what's put me off is this disgusting, revolting thing around your neck. And I, to be honest, I know where this is going. And firstly, I would like to contact HR for some workplace <laughs> bullying. And secondly, you've won one, like two games. Get off it. I think it might be three games, but we've gone back to back. The West Coast Eagles scarf I'm wearing with pride. Um, you could even bring yourself to say West Coast Eagles and what it actually was that was around my neck. But it has been a big week. Even on Twitter, Georgie, I was getting messages saying, can't wait for the next podcast so that you can rub it into Georgie Parker <laughs> that the West Coast Eagles defeated the not-so-mighty Adelaide Crows, well, who I shall say remain winless on the bottom of the ladder. So it was a good, well, it was a good day, bad game, horrible game. Not going to say that West Coast <laughs> Eagles played well, but seriously play better than the Adelaide Crows. So well, it was well. a good day for me. And let's all remember the only reason why I'm getting passionate about it is because many years ago you sent me a card with a lone tissue in it when West Coast Eagles lost. Um, so revenge is sweet. But it doesn't make sense because I actually am a Collingwood member. I bleed <laughs> black and white. My three games that I had there in my two years at the Collingwood Football Club makes me a passionate Collingwood supporter. And look, it Did just doesn't just make sense. Collingwood? Calling probably Collingwood supporter. <laughs> and look, it just doesn't make sense that you're trying to troll me for something in my past. I'm pretty sure if I go looking back through your photos, you'll have photos of you in your Adelaide Crows supporter outfit. You'll have photos of you, you in Collingwood. Me? And then I've seen you in a red hat, Gold Coast Suns. I mean, you are having a full-blown identity crisis. Pick a side, Parker. People are getting sick of this yeah. wishy-washy, I go for this side, I go for that yeah. side, over it. Now, Nelson, I actually sent that. I, there was a photo that I put on my Instagram story and it was a picture of me wearing a Collingwood scarf, a crow scarf and a Gold Coast Suns hat. Oh, and I, I said... it was your dog. <laughs> no, well, the, the next picture was my dog. You might get us confused because we're just so beautiful. So pretty. It's so pretty, like mother left daughter. And white, pasty white. And, <laughs> well, I don't know if we're allowed to say that in current climate, but look, <laughs> the... Um, I've got valid reasons for having that. I sent it to our former team member of this uh, podcast of Joe Weston, who she can't pick a side either. She's forever flipping sides, but she's, she has no reason for this. It's literally like her friends, brothers, girlfriends, cat breeders, sisters, mum has a brother that used to play for Western Bulldogs. So now I go for them. That is actually how distant she is. Well, Whereas mine... You- Mine are all family. I played for Collingwood. My brother played for the Gold Coast Suns. He vice-captained them. And I I was a Gold, a, an Adelaide member as well. He was a, a best and fairest there. I've got valid reasons. So can you please get off my back? Can you I give me one being a St Kilda supporter? Like, can I get you a... You don't want to go for Get out of jail. <laughs> yeah, I am a St Kilda supporter and it's painful after this weekend. But, like, what can I do? Uh, my, my whole family is Collingwood supporters. Well, my dad is a Carlton. 
Yeah, I know, hey? Well, maybe oh. increase the odds like Georgie Parker's doing and have three teams and three. hope that you can get a premiership <laughs> that way by actually <laughs> following three sides and pick and choosing. You know, this no, year, I... Parker, you well and truly could get the wooden spoon and also the premiership. <laughs> that would be I would, no, if I was a, if, keyword, if I was a Crow supporter, I would be wearing, um, I would be getting the wooden spoon. Um, but alas... I am a Collingwood supporter. And look, let's talk about that because Collingwood are playing here on Thursday night. I've just got my tickets for Thursday night's uh, match. 29,999 yes. of my good friends here in Perth. I'm so excited to be going to the game. Are you are you going to be covered? What are you doing for it, Ash? You, you're at I work for a am, radio station. Yes, I will be covering it, but I'll be in the office watching it where I do um, oh. most of the, the work. So I'll be watching it from afar. But I'm looking forward to that clash, actually. And then, of course, the Western Derby uh, is going to be on the Sunday as well. So that's going to be great. So I'll be getting out my eagle scarf then once again. And I think it'll be an interesting clash because, Bubs, I felt sorry for you being a St Kilda supporter because that was an amazing comeback by the Fremantle Dockers. But any St Kilda fan that was watching that would have rather put a fork in their eye, I think, that weekend because it was such a bad thing to see being so far up in front and you could just see it slowly slowly drift away <laughs> exactly um and uh, i thought to myself well you know frio dockers will take a lot of confidence from that and i expect them to to challenge the west coast eagles i don't think eagles are playing their best footy at the moment um certainly they took a step up as far as tim kelly um this weekend um but luke shuey wasn't there so you know read into that what you will but it's going to be a good clash and as will the Collingwood and uh, Geelong game. And I think that uh, even though it's here in the West Coast, there'll be uh, a lot of people eager to get out and watch uh, AFL Live. I cannot wait. So, I mean, that is, I guess, the start of the WA Hub. So, Bubs, we might as well start our first segment that we've ever had of this and it's called Talking Pressure Points. (laughs) Hang on. In the wise words of Brendan Favola, we're talking about the pressure points, the A-League debacle, the AFL teams have all left, the NRL teams have all left, NRL team, I should say. What's happening with the A-League? Well, to say it's a debacle is probably shining a nice light on it. Um, Absolute A-League Drama. So, as you all know, um, last well, last week on Monday, it was um, we were getting soaring numbers in the COVID situation in Melbourne. So there was rumours that Daniel Andrews was um, jumping on to the podium and telling the whole of Victoria that they'll be back into lockdown. And what was also being thrown down was the fact that New South Wales was now going to shut their borders to anybody from Victoria. Now, when that's that's been thrown around, the A-League clubs from Melbourne started to push their own ideas around about how they could get over the border. Um, what actually started to happen was they all started to load up into buses and just try and get themselves over the border. So apparently what had happened to start off with was on the the monday evening they had an emergency meeting they got into the club they said basically pack everything that you have and that you need for two months 
you're welcome to bring your families, um, but you have to have everything ready to go in, in a matter of hours. We'll send you what we're doing. Just get yourself ready. So the, the, the clubs, that's Monday, uh, Monday evening. So the Monday evening, everybody starts packing all their stuff. What, what time were the borders closing? Sorry, midnight Tuesday. Midnight, midnight. Wednesday night. Wednesday night. So midnight Wednesday night, they're all like, uh, sorry, they've got, they're so like, we've got plenty of time. By the time Daniel Andrews finishes his speech, um, they're well on the way to actually um, getting themselves all prepared. So the players are throwing everything they have. I've, I particularly felt for Lee Broxham, who has triplets um, and his wife, and they decided that they would take the triplets. And I'm sure other, other guys, understandably, because um, triplets on your own is hard, especially in a lockdown. One and kid on your own is hard in lockdown. I, thank you. From what, from what I understand. <laughs> I can put my hand up. Um, so, but these players were already mandatory, like, lockdown anyway. The clubs have said to them, only leave the house. So even though everybody's moving around Melbourne like normal, the players are actually doing what they can to stay COVID-free, going in their own houses, only doing what they necessary. So these players are like, no problem. We know that we don't have COVID. They get tested almost every second day or something like that. And then they just jump on a bus and get ready to go. Unfortunately, while they're driving, they're told, um, you know, we're heading to the border and they're driving and they say, no, we're actually heading to the airport now. So whilst they're on a bus, about to, like they've, they've gotten probably an hour into the journey, they said, no, change direction, go to the airport um, we're, we're jumping on a plane and then they were told, no, that's cancelled now. Come back in the morning and we'll get you on a plane in the morning to, to whatever um, on destination on the Tuesday morning. And they said, um, you know, jump on this plane. We're going to Canberra first. So what, what was happened first was that the clubs were kind of acting separately on the Monday night and then FFA kind of intervened and said, look, no, we're covering the costs for everyone. Um, we'll get you to Canberra and then we'll get buses from Canberra to Sydney. So that's for Tuesday. And so all the teams go, no problems. We'll jump off this bus. We'll go back home. So those players get home at probably 1 o'clock in the morning on the Monday night. On the Tuesday, they all get back on a plane to go to Canberra only for it to not be able to land because of fog. So they've not only had a massive amount of delays to get on the plane, then they get stopped midair, turned around, landed back in Melbourne, and then were told, look, the next available flight is not um, till tomorrow morning and it's going to be a chartered flight. So the FFA are like, oh, oh, no, no holding back, just try and get anything that they can. Um, so the, the players jump back on their buses in the morning, head to the airport, they're on the tarmac with this chartered flight, ready to go. So the, 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 the plane's ready to go, but they're all on the buses on the tarmac and they get a call from, um, you know, the flight centre or whatever they're, they're called, the flight path people, um, to say that you're not allowed to land in Canberra unless you do two weeks of quarantine without being able to train. So now they've set upon them before the deadline you can't land in Canberra anymore. So the players then have to get off the bus again, 
go back home and don't meet the deadline for New South Wales uh, border closing um, without being able to train without a quarantine. So then it takes another three days for the New South Wales government to come to the party and say, look, you can come to New South Wales, we'll grant you a free pass, but now you have to quarantine, but I will allow you to train in a two-week hub um, on your own. So needless to say, football fans across the nation, players in those A-League teams, Lee Broxham has actually had to leave his kids home now and his wife. So she's now got the, the triplets at home by herself, an absolute shit show, I might say. And then it's a debacle to for the players because of the amount of roller coaster, co- coaster things that they were having to go through. And then at the end of it, you kind of think, what is wrong with our code? How is it possible that the AFL can move teams, like people live in the same suburb as these soccer players, the AFL players were like like phantoms in the night. Like suddenly they've disappeared and then you, you see them and they've crossed the border, no problems. And it, it's just we've got our hands up in the air saying, what more do we need to do as a code to actually stand up and be counted as professional athletes, as, as anything? It was like it was okay for anybody that kicked an oval-shaped ball or caught an oval-shaped ball, as soon as you kick a round ball, you know, I'm sorry, you, you can't cross the border. There's all these are little you, bits and pieces. But are, you, are you saying you're mad at the code, or like as in Football Australia, or are you mad no, at... No, no. I'm, I'm mad not at? mad. I'm... I'm <laughs> everybody. I'm mad at every... No, I want to I wanna be able to say... Because, I mean, if you look at the AFL players, they did it within the timing whether that's because of connections of people knowing. I mean, you could see the writing on the wall that that was going to happen, though. You have to be absolutely blind to see that that wasn't happening. Um, And they got them out of there before the deadlines, which were imposed by the state governments. It's nothing to do with the the, um, officially... I I feel like it does, though. I feel like it does. The storm left two weeks prior. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that somebody has some sort of connections or or people are in the know, there is some sort of way that, like, I know that you can't see it because you don't know what it's like to be a a soccer player in this country, but, you know, we're we're considerately, like, considerably shortchanged in so many aspects. We're we're hockey players, though. We know what it's like. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. That when, yeah, when but, people continually overlooked you, and we uh, we play one of the biggest sports in the world as well, so it's not big here. It's massive in Argentina. It's massive in Europe. It's massive in India. I and certainly get. I certainly get what bubs you're you're alluding to, though. I I certainly think that given the the support of AFL or Aussie rules right here nationally in Australia, there would be a lot more support and focus on getting AFL back up and running yeah. from a fan's perspective rather than than soccer. Yeah. But I do think that certainly all credit to the AFL, they have done very well in managing this time to get the league together. And I just think of Trevor Old, who's doing the... Um, scheduling and the fixtures for the oh. AFL and his ability to 
be able to change tact and situation and be agile. I hate using the word agile, but in this environment in order yeah, to this put is what together a league. About. And so it's that combination, isn't it, of making sure that you've got those connections with state government, state government are willing to have those conversations, but also having the right people put in place like what AFL does in order to bring it all together and make it happen. So somewhere along the line, there's been a miscommunication or there hasn't been that communication between the sport and also state government. And that would be frustrating. And sometimes probably sports that don't have the funding like what AFL does here within Australia might miss out on those types of people um, that can make a, a, yeah. a good league function. I, I know I know it's the people, but it's also the code. So for me, having that person, in, great, he's, uh, he's amazing, but he knows that he can swap from one stadium to the next stadium and not have to even think about anybody else being on the same pitch. Because they get well, right they do, away. Though, because cricket is coming up and there's huge problems with the cricket. And yeah, but, but they can basically say, we've got the field and cricket have to go, oh, well, no, they, okay. No, but they don't, Bubs. They don't. That's why there's massive problems. They have to have it done. And they we're really lucky that the T20 World Cup is not coming to Australia because they would, the MCG is still an opportunity option for the grand final. Sorry. And, and the World Cup for women is coming to Australia and AFL is still getting right away. It's just, it's just the way it is. Like, I mean, that's the way but you don't want, but work, Do you though. want to have that at, that's the way contracts work. And do you want to have it? Do you want to have the, the soccer or a, a rectangle pitch on the MCG where it's not built for that? You'd rather have that at an ANZ stadium where it's purposely built for a rectangle sport. No? no. Yes, I know because you can still have seating on the on the pitch. But it's never. It's not good. It's the same as when they had the World Cup rugby here. It's not good on a circle circular ground. You it's can't same, see. Anything. It's the same discussion they're having with um, Perth Stadium or Optus Stadium, and also being played at um, HBF Park. I mean, HBF Park is where the rugby league gets played. It's a better square pitch. But I think it's going to pay dividends because hopefully that HBF Park will actually get an upgrade because they're not going to play it over at Optus. Um, but, you know, I think that as uh, lesser sports in this country, we do sometimes get the short end of the, the deal. Um, certainly we've seen that with training facilities. I think that, um, what was it, Collingwood had a bit of a, a run-in with um, maybe one of the um, runners, Morgan Australian Mitchell. runners, Morgan but, Mitchell. But also, you know, I, I'm also, sure that there's a lot of controversy. Yeah, also, there, with but, that, though, that's, that's, they own that between X. 8am and 4pm you can have yes. it after yeah like that's yeah. the training why would you want someone on your training pitch at that time but it can be frustrating don't you think i mean it would be nice to have the resources available that afl does but it unfortunately is just not the case and and you know good for them they've managed to make it work sucks for the soccer players here or, or over there in in victoria but i think it's uh, two components they should have seen it come in and got organized maybe a little bit earlier yeah um and uh yeah, it's, I it's think, disappointing. I think also the fact that they they were, I think they were individual identities as clubs at the start of it, and I think they were just going to get themselves over the border, and it was actually thrown back to FFA and made them um, come as three teams in all at once. And I think that's what, you know, probably they shot themselves in the foot. They were trying to get everybody on one us trailing all together um, when in actual fact if you know people like 
Melbourne Victory and uh, Melbourne City both have a lot of money um, and probably Western United, not so much. But for them to say, look, we've got it, but they think because Western United doesn't have the money that Victory and City do, will they, if they actually went all their separate ways, if Victory and City had got themselves over the border but United hadn't because of money or because of resources, then absolutely all hell would have broken loose. So... You can't fault them for what they did. You can't fault them for trying to, to do the right thing by three clubs and having it as fair as possible. Um, but at the end of the day, we lose a, a week of preparation for them and then another two weeks um, having to jostle around the, the league um, because they were actually meant to start on the 16th of July playing each other. So, um, Is you there- know... Are they not allowed to play against each other like the AFL clubs playing in quarantine here? Uh, no, they've, they've changed uh, the schedule up a bit. So um, I haven't actually got the, <laughs> the fixture in front of me. But, no, well, um, it's forever changing. So it's, it's Yeah, it's forever. Time. It's probably a fluid situation um, at the moment. But, yeah, I mean, I'm just thankful that they, they got there in the end. Um, albeit probably without families if they if they were if they were going and um, hopefully none of them test positive because that would just um, you know because a lot of them come from those hotspot areas they managed to get them out um, prior to that uh, to the lockdowns of the the hotspot areas but um, you know who knows what they've come in contact with prior. All right, guys, I got made up my incredible sting. So I'm just making sure that I can get it in today. Um, It is, of course, Judge Georgie. You are about to enter the courtroom of Judge Georgina Parker. So basically, I just tried trolled through Fox Sports News to see what up, could court, fit court, into courts, <laughs> courts in order, right? Is that yes? Should we all be standing as you enter? All we need I is need a to get law a mallet. Bomb bomb. You know, you Wait, need the law and order sound. My mallet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, court is in, in adjourned, and literally not adjourned. Court is in session. I literally went through the news just to see what can I judge. Is there anything I can judge? Because I really wanted to use that sting. So, of <laughs> course, what I came across, and I quite, I found it quite funny. Um, and we can discuss it as a, as a little group. But of course, we all know who Conor McKenna is because he's the one that put the AFL league in jeopardy with that. Um, False negative, I get false positive. Sorry, I should say what it turned out to be of his COVID case. Um, so he's probably not a laughing matter. But Luke Luke McDonald plays for North Melbourne, and they played against Essendon. Connor McKenna's first um, game for the season, and Luke McDonald. They had a little bit of a, a scruffle as a as teams, and Luke McDonald came up to him and put his hand over his mouth as if he was wearing a mask to protect himself as if Conor McKenna had COVID, which I, I think is quite funny. Um, is, that your, is, that, is that session over or do we <laughs> no, get to no, say this? Over because we can discuss it. You could be my jury because what's had to happen is he's had to like formally apologise as being dragged through the media as if it's like the worst thing that's ever happened. I mean, we had Gilly on a few weeks ago saying that sledging needs to be smart. Look, it's probably not overly smart. 
um, kind of sledging. Um, but is it something that we need to get absolutely up in arms outraged about or is it something that you can kind of go, that's funny, a guy did the wrong thing and he got in trouble for it, of course. He had to take his week-long suspension um, for doing that. And in the end, he didn't even have it. So it's quite. I think it's quite funny. And I don't think that we need to be getting completely outraged over things. I mean, Bubs, you're a mum and it probably looks... Is it? Do you, would you consider that bullying? Or your mum so probably sees in a different light of me of... I don't have no. kids that are impressionable. No, kind of I, I would say that he's making light of a very, very serious situation and yes, people of are course. dying. People are dying from COVID. Like a guy just, another gentleman died. He's 70 years old. He, he just died. And as much as I want to say, yeah, it's funny because he wasn't actually sick. No, because people are watching and it's COVID and we're in lockdown because people are dying. yeah yeah um i as much as banter is banter and it's funny and then but if it's impacting people quite severely and i I guess you're probably right because it it clearly is a very serious topic and it's maybe something to do to your mates because there's things that you say to your mates that are probably off I say things. Oh yeah, Ash, definitely. If people read if people read our messages, Ash. No, they don't say that now. People are going to hack us. <laughs> Big Brother is watching. I'm That's actually going to go through and start deleting our messages <laughs> just to clean it up a little bit. But I agree. There are some things that you probably say to to friends that you say in jest that you went. If this went any further, it could get read particularly wrong. And you know when you say it, you go that I you know need to keep that private because you don't genuinely mean it but it sort of just comes out sometimes I just but there's a time and a place isn't there and there's a saying that you know read the room I don't think he read the room right it was a bit tasteless it was very tasteless and I reckon that he would have done that and if he had half a brain he would have gone I think that I'm going to be in trouble from doing that that? (laughs) do you think he's actually thought of that and gone I'm going to do this to him Potentially, I reckon that there would have been a. See, you know, talking about having jokes with people, they probably had a discussion between the guys saying, Imagine going and doing something like that. Like, I've got no doubt Mm. that that would have been discussed. But then there's that one person that goes and does it that doesn't quite understand that maybe that should be kept (laughs) on the lowdown. So I, I think that it wasn't appropriate. I don't have a kid, so maybe I'm not the best judge. Maybe I haven't been, like, you know, given those morals just yet. Um, But, yeah, I say, Luke, read the room. It was tasteless. If you're going to do something like that, just be a little bit smarter, wittier, come up with something else. Like, Georgie, you sent through something with Matt Taverner and Matty Rao um, as far as a a, a sledge that, well, I guess you could call it a sledge, but that was funny um, if you want to explain that. So what that was, it was a bit of a melee between Fremantle and the Gold Coast. Matt Rowell, of course, an absolute star, unfortunately injured, but they were about to go and it would have been his first ever AFL fight. (laughs) Melee. First ever fight. And what's happened is Matt Tabin has come out and and Matt Rowell's the guy that um, very prim and proper, loves being put together, very Nathan Buckley about him, kicks kicks goals from outside the 50 on his on his wrong foot. Um, he's an absolute jet and he has his shirt tucked in and pants nice and high, just like Nathan Buckley did. He said he's been doing his whole career. Matt Taberner comes out, just untucks his shirt before the fight, so he pulls it back in. and He was rattled, Matt, wasn't he? 
what do I do now? You know, <laughs> but it's funny, but, isn't it? Funny, you know, it's like a little stir, a little jab. It doesn't hurt anyone, but at the same time, you kind of go, "Oh, that's probably going to just, you know, hit it a little bit where it hurts." Um, compared to <laughs> this where you're covering your hands over the face because someone potentially had COVID, which is a disease that is killing hundreds of thousands of, of yeah. people. And I, and I guess because I don't get outraged over too much, I would, I, if things would, you and I having conversation now, so, but like you said, it's a very different how you have to act on TV. But in saying that, I still don't think that we need to create outrage over things like that when there are real things going on in the world. Mm. But Do you reckon just, it would have been that bad if he had done a hand sanitizer gesture? Like, or yeah. a bit of a hand sanitizer? <laughs> Which is the same thing, really, Wash isn't your hands? it? I don't know. And I guess it's, it's the, the same mask? as. I don't know. It probably is the same because of the mask because it's you're the he's picking out him as the only individual. It's like when the NBA guy went and touched every single mic <gasps> yeah. and then went and got COVID. COVID. <laughs> So I guess it's um, making light of a very serious situation. Again, I don't think you need to be getting up in the arms over that either. But people did, of course, because, and it is probably because people aren't taking this seriously. And especially now what's going on in Melbourne, which is not a nice thing that's going on. And we hope that it doesn't escalate from any worse than it is. Yes. Well, no. Judge Judge Georgie, my mum always said to me, put yourself in their shoes. So in order for you to make this decision... How would you have felt if you were Connor McKenna and you saw Luke put his hands over his mouth? How would that have sat with you? And maybe that See, will help guide you in your final decision. See, he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't care. And that's maybe why. Uh, why Case I closed. <laughs> Shouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, it is the halftime time of the podcast i didn't even know i stopped being able to speak for a second there it's half time of the podcast and we all know what that means everybody it's half time with nelson it's half time of our pointless podcast so that means it's time to ask a pointless question it's half nelson with ashley no guns nelson did you seriously <laughs> record that? How did you do that? And also, yes. why, why is my sting the worst thing that you've just kind of gone, Siri, you could be responsible for Nelson's sting? Because <laughs> I want to get one made and I just, I am getting one made for you. It's going to have music, it's going to have everything, but I just... <laughs> That is just a prelude to I'm going to get cut of this show. You don't want to invest any money in my sting because you just go, well, it's only going to be but- going for another two weeks. So I'll get Siri to do it. Um, but on that note, thank you for that warm introduction. <laughs> really appreciate it. Now, we're sticking with AFL, guys, because um, I like the whole uh, Luke McDonald, Conor McKenna, McKenna discussion. But I also wanted to touch on um, Nick Natanui and Riley O'Brien, who um, you'll know West Coast Eagles and Adelaide Crows played against each other. But prior to the game, Riley O'Brien tweeted out uh, accidentally uh, his game notes and uh, he was doing a little bit of, I guess, research, you could say, on Ruckman Nick Natanui. And uh, essentially he wrote a few things down that um, he was hoping to achieve against Nick Nadanui. And uh, this is what he had to say. In order to beat Nick Nadanui, you have to run off him hard. He's lazy and unfit. 
Um, and uh, you have to get in front, have Grund around the ground and get after the ball on deck, beat him in this area. So he's pretty much called Nick Nanui lazy and unfit, which we all know Nick Nanui is one of the premier ruckmen of the competition. So it's a big call. Accidentally tweeted it out. I don't know how you tweet out your notes, but... It, I actually did. looked to see if this was possible, and it's actually very easy to do. It's literally two presses on your phone. And, and his so, screen was absolutely obliterated, and he didn't even yeah. know that he'd sent it out. Until one of his mates is like, uh, did you know that you've, you've tweeted out that the notes? By the way, <laughs> you would die a little bit, wouldn't you? But oh. the funny thing after the game, if it wasn't punishment enough that West Coast Eagles beat Adelaide Crows, which I'm just going to reiterate. Did, but I would like to add, <laughs> right, he, O'Brien really stood on his own and he actually did exactly what he's not he wanted his notes he said i just want to give him before you come to I, I, this isn't what my question is i don't know, mean I know, to but i just want to say i just want to say he actually did so well playing off of him because it was a, it was anticipated that this match was only excitable because of this message no one else would have cared about this match it's two interstate teams one completely underperforming one absolutely woeful and and wooden spooners I just want to add, Riley O'Brien, you actually did very, very well. He won, He led the fantasy league, fantasy points, and did exactly what he wanted, ran off of him because, yes, I won't need to go into it, but Nick, that's not that good. Go. Okay, for somebody that's not a fan of Adelaide Crows. No, because Brody Bundy's a better ruckman. Uh, Brody you Bundy are sticking gets, up an awful lot for Riley O'Brien. Anyway, getting back to my story. I, just felt, I really felt for him. Okay. It was cute after the game, go. Judge Georgie, enough. Um, now, after the game, Nick Natanui decided that he would take it upon himself to give Riley O'Brien a brand new phone. And it was just a quick, swift movement. He just had it in his hand, ready to go on the ground, passed it over to him. No words were needed. And um, I thought that that was quite funny that Riley O'Brien got a brand new phone from Nick Natanui. I don't know whether or not Nick would have given it to him had Riley O'Brien actually had won. Um, but I thought, you know what? What a wonderful present i mean i lose my phone all the time <laughs> and the amount of games that i played for australia not once did i ever get a brand new phone from one of my opponents the most i think i ever got from the opponent was a crappy little pin which they kind of have to give it to each other <laughs> because it's like a token thing that you do and in good spirit but guys have you ever received anything like the best present that you've ever received for free as an athlete? Because it must be some time that you can remember where you got something like a brand new phone or something kind of cool. I got a, P, um, a PS, what are those little PlayStation, handheld PlayStation games? I got one of them by accident. They thought I was one of their Sony athletes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was left on my bed. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is... And then one of the other girls didn't get one. <laughs> that was a Sony athlete. And they're like, um, that's cool, Bubs. You keep it. I'm like, I've already opened it. I've played it. It's mine now. Mine. <laughs> and the other thing I've been given as uh, a Matilda is a free swim with the dolphins. That was, that was probably more, more impressive than the, um, than the PlayStation game, actually. Free swim with the dolphins. Where at? Yeah. Um, on the coast, on, on the central coast, I can't even remember what, where we were. But um, 
Yeah, and one of the girls was like, um, can you give up your spot for one of the other girls because she really wants to do it? And I'm like, you give up yours. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> That's probably the same girl that missed out on her Sony PlayStation yeah. because you, had it, you just got it all. <laughs> How about you, Parker? I can't really remember too many freebies aside from um, my headphones that I got at the Olympics, um, Beats by Dre, which actually carked it last week. So, <laughs> you know, how funny is that? That the one free thing that I get all of a just stopped working. Whoa. But that was a pretty good gift and not everyone got that. That was a little Olympic special. No, I mean, for the Olympics, everybody got a new phone. So <laughs> I've had oh, I that. that one. Had yeah, you missed that one. Um, you were at the, the Olympics prior, of course. Um I mean, I've been given things like personally, but not like everybody gets one of these. Um, where I get sent some really, really random things. I was working, not working, I was doing some stuff at SEN and I got <laughs> delivered to me. They, they gave me a package when I went in for the afternoon, um, my hour with Andy Marr and, and Bob Murphy and give me a package. They're like, why are you getting things sent here? I said, oh, I'm not. And I'm like, they're like, oh, well, you've got this. I open it and it's got a little card and it says, thank you for making me laugh with Andy every whatever day I went in, Thursday, whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. Opened it. It was two bathrobes. <laughs> like, I'm talking, honestly, hotel, five-star hotel quality, beautiful, soft, like really, really soft bathrobes. And I've got two bathrobes. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I think I beat that, but it was, I didn't get a gift as a, a hockey player. This is when I was working as an occupational therapist. Government pays me, but I think that my um, patients don't think that I get paid or something. So I went to this couple <laughs> that always tried to give me items and I was always like, no, no, no. Started off with a key ring. I said, no, don't worry about it. Went back the next week. They wanted to give me a wallet. And I said, no, don't worry about it. The week after I went back, she's like, I have got the perfect gift for you. Rummaged around for a little while, came out. She had a short black bob wig that she wanted <laughs> to give me as a present. Um, <laughs> almost tempted to take it, just so I could take it back to the office to be like, who here has been ever given or gifted a wig? Um, but I declined. So that was a weird present as well, but I didn't get that as a, an athlete that was actually working in the health industry. So the weird <laughs> and wonderful things that people decide to bestow upon you. Um, and that is the pointless, dis pointless discussion at uh, halftime for this pointless podcast with a pointless sting at the start of it. Okay, last week we created the very esteemed awards, the Spud Awards, of course. So we can never forget this song that I stumbled across YouTube. So oh, here we go. Potato. I'm a potato. I'm not a character, not if some broccoli or a tomato. Very. I'm a potato. potato. <laughs> I don't want to join in in the singing. I don't. <laughs> we don't need to lose any. I can't. I can't <laughs> help. I I hate singing, but I can't help. That's catchy. And you also it's sway. Catchy. It makes you sway. It is so funny, honestly. It is so funny. And to just to just to find that for the listeners at home, if you just type in, I'm a potato, 
YouTube, it's that's the first one you comes across. So look, give it a go. It's it, you cannot not laugh at it. Anyway, so of course our Spud Awards. We go to the best or worst performing of the week. You can either be a what is it, Mel? A fry. Yeah, oil. You can be a fry. So with uh, top of the rank. top rank is uh, fry, French fries. Um, and your lowest rank is your boiled potato. And yes, you can actually in rate in between. So if you're feeling, um, you know, a bit of gnocchi, uh, a bit of... Um, you love saying gnocchi. 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 Um, you know, a bit of mash. Mash, sweet potato. I'd, I'd even go a shepherd's pie in there. You could go a shepherd's pie. That's a bit of a fitty-fitty, isn't it? You know, fitty-fitty, yeah. Look, so we've got that. So we've got our best and worst contributors of the week. Do you want to kick us off, Bubsy? Yeah, for me, um, it's a bit of a sentimental one. I'm going to give a French fry uh, shout-out to Mille Yedinek, uh, good old Mike. Ah. Mike Yedinek. He has retired from football at the highest level now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the only... Male, let's point that out, male to captain Australia at two World Cups. Um, point out the female who's done that? I feel like you're making <laughs> no, a point. No, no, no. It wasn't me. Oh. Did the other one. <laughs> <Charles> <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> um, I want to say, say the point the male out because they actually did make that reference in, um, you know, in his, you know, final farewell of montage of photos. Um, you know, that sort of information usually has first footballer in Australia to captain two World Cups and we'd be like, and no, a female's done that before. So they've actually done uh, that correctly and, and added the male in there. So um, a big, huge French fry to good old Mike Yedinak. Um We call him Mike because um, one of the newsreaders actually called him Mike instead of Mille because they thought it was a typo. Um, But anyway, so his name is Mike now. And, yeah, the Jedi is um, done and dusted with his football career and looking to see what he does in this next chapter. We we are very, very sad to see the big bearded man go. Um, Very humble warrior on the pitch and absolute awesome guy off it. So, yeah, French fries to Millet Yedinak. Well done. Ash? Well... I'm going to give some French fries as well. Oh, um, probably not. Fries. I want to change. Mine. Yeah, but probably not as the caliber uh, as uh, Millet or Mike. Have a wedge. <laughs> um, no, I'm just saying that he probably this guy doesn't look like the athlete that um, Gedanak is, um, but still Ooh. a very very big effort by Matt Curtis from McLaren Football Club on his 300th game. And uh, I'm actually, well, I was going to give him the fries, but no, I'll give him wedges. I'm going to give his wife the fries because the wife designed the the banner that he got to run through for his 300th (laughs) game. And on it, it said, congrats, Curdo, 300 games, 30 reports, three flags, and zero pre-season. So well done <laughs> on that effort. Anyone that can play 300 games and have done no pre-seasons, uh, they deserve uh, at least um, some wedges and his wife deserves a fries because that, I thought, was very creative. Well, we're a very positive bunch today, guys, because I was going to give the fries as well. And 
That's last week, of course, we gave the fries to Kate Simpson, who had the most amount of losses ever in an AFL uh, player ever to have the most probably amount of Probably the worst common denominator of a losing side. Yeah, of course. It's, not, it's probably not what you want, but look, good on him for giving it a go. Anyway, nice bloke. Nice bloke. I'm going to flip it, guys, because uh, Cam Smith from NRL, from Melbourne Storm, has just won his 300th game of rugby. He's played 400, but he's won 300 games. He's no ever player has won that many games. Um, he's an incredible leader, incredible player, um, and that's just a huge effort. I just thought he should get a little bit of fries for that. He gets that's some a fries. good percentage. You know that's what? Like if, we, if we want a, a, a boiled potato, though, sense. we can stick on NRL because uh, Penrith teenager Charlie uh, Staines, who scored yes. four tries in his debut NRL game, he actually is <laughs> now, now being suspended <laughs> for breaching the coronavirus protocols. So apparently he hosted more than 10 people at his residence on Saturday night just hours after his amazing debut where he said he f- scored four tries. Um, apparently you can have up to 10 visitors at a place, but they must see 10 in no more than groups of five. So after such a great debut, he has all of a sudden celebrated and as a result got himself suspended. So for that, he can get the boiled potatoes for potatoes. the week. That would have been, been all his family though. He has quite a lot of family. A hundred percent. And he was hug- like- they said he was hugging fans in the, in the stands. He's hugging his family. Like, I, I know it's COVID. I know all that. And there are strict rules and things. You've got to keep your family safe too. Um, so I just I just like to point out it was definitely his family. Just let it me was, give no, him some boiled potatoes. It, it, it was four <laughs> mates, his girlfriend and family, something like there you that. Go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's it's tough, but I guess it's what they have to do at the moment. They all know the rules. It's the same as... Um, just don't be that good in your debut game and no one will want to come to your house. How about That's some spuds for those people that um, bought $200 worth of KFC, KFC. <laughs> and oh get no. away with it? Having two AMBO officers in KFC at the time of purchasing and the, KFC and the AMBO officers are like, that's a lot of chicken for two people <laughs> and followed them back to their joint and dished out $26,000 worth of fines. And I definitely think that's a, that's a party well spent. I, I guess it could so. be mashed potato with gravy. That's what they give at KFC, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mashed potato with gravy. <laughs> down, but that's down quite bottom. yummy. That's so good. <laughs> KFC chips are probably top of the French fry to me. Definitely. I'm not sure anymore. I think they salt. used to be. Red Root is pretty good. Yeah, they're all pretty good, but um, definitely at the lower. They could have actually a French fry for trying to get away with it, but we should rate definitely French a spud. fries one day, guys. I think we. Do. I, I think there needs to be a scale. Certainly needs to be a scale. Absolutely, because we're we talking like top tier French fry. We're we talking like yeah, mm, like like quite old bottom of the yeah bottom of the uh, mac is. So what you're asking is that we <laughs> conduct some serious research over the next week, and uh, next week we'll have. A scale, a fry mm. scale or a potato scale that will be clear to our oh. audience and clear to us as far as our ratings go. We should all do it. <laughs> we should all I'm, do I'm it. happy to. I'm happy to put my body on the line. Homemade French fries. Orders, my A orders and my heart are happy to be put <laughs> on the line for this. On that note, I'm going to um, chuff off soon because I think that there might be a little bit of red rooster calling my name. It's cold here. It's wet here. Ideal fry eating time. 
It was 21 degrees today, Ash. You're lying. You're in WA. It doesn't get cold. Lies. It was 21 degrees, Ash. You're wearing a jumper. It's cold. It's cold. <laughs> cold. Especially when you've got a cold heart. <laughs> you're always cold, you black heart. All right. <laughs> thank you for listening, guys. That's it from us today, and that's what you said. Of course, thank you to Sportsbet. If you're going to have a punt, don't listen to my tips and gamble responsibly. Tell your mum, tell your friends, like, subscribe, do all the things, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.